Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. Guess what? <laughs> that's what, no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say that's what. Uh, I'm really excited. We have a repeat guest on, my good friend Carrie Dills. Really excited about this because one, Carrie's just fun and I adore her to pieces. And it was a little bit different, this interview. I just kind of wanted to go in more of an organic conversation with a friend and it was fun. And she was awesomely patient. I had some crazy interruptions <laughs> with my dog. So I think you're going to love this episode. And Plus Carrie, how do you not love Carrie, right? Uh, but before we get into the show, let's talk a little bit about SiteLock. For the over 1 million SiteLock customers using WordPress, managing website security services has never been easier. With the SiteLock plugin for WordPress, you can access your security dashboard from within WordPress, allowing you to stay focused on what's the most important. On what's the most important? Now I'm Italian. <laughs> your business, your passion, your word. If you're attending WordCamp Nashville this weekend, make sure to check out SiteLock Product Evangelist and my friend Adam W. Warner's talk. Visit them today at sitelock.com forward slash WPChick. Again, guys, I am super happy with the service. And once this move is done, I will have my SiteLock post published for you. Uh, and on that note, let's jump into the interview. Since we last spoke, you had gone over to Crowd Favorite and are back to working for yourself again. So I've got a couple questions in there and I'm going to let you run with it. Sure. Uh, so first of all, what what brought about the decision to work for Crowd Favorite? And then obviously what brought you back to working for yourself? I'm sure there's a big story in there. Uh, well, you know, it's it, there's no dramatic story, but I decided a while uh, a while back that I really enjoyed self-employment and wanted to be self-employed. Um, I did not think I would ever take a job at an agency, but there are some people that I absolutely love and respect over at Crowd Favorite. And uh, when they invited me to be a part of that team, it was, I couldn't say no to that. Um, so it was an opportunity. They work on a lot of uh, like large enterprise uh, level WordPress projects. So going over there uh, was a chance for me to see how work has done it at scale, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just learn from other people. Cause you know, when you work by yourself, you can get kind of stuck in, in your ruts. Um, so it was, it was wonderful from that perspective. Why I left, uh, when everything was so glorious, um, is because I was still trying to keep my various side projects afloat. Um, and, it was, it was just kind of wearing me out having a, having a, it was like having two jobs really. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm too old for that, Kim. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, uh, I'm not opposed to hard work, but, uh, I, I was, it was taking a physical toll on me. I was just worn out. So, um, in March of this year, I, I, I left crowd favorite and I'm now, uh, back out on my own again. Okay. So yeah. And when I met a story, I just, it's a, you know, I think that the journey piece is invaluable for people to hear that because I obviously probably looking at crowd favor, what a great opportunity and to see that side of things in an amazing company. Um, and, but they're big decisions, especially when you've worked for yourself for a really long time. So 
Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was going to say most definitely like just getting, you know, into the habit of, you know, doing time cards and basically accountability to people uh, that, you know, beyond just your normal accountability that you might have to uh, your clients, um, having accountability to an employer, not that it's a bad thing or there was anything bad about it. It was just, it's very different from answering to myself. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge um, why that people get into this to begin with. And it's interesting is uh, since we talked, well, not on your show, which I want to talk about that last episode, but just, you know, I've, I've jumped into masterminds and done all these things. And it's like, you know what, more than anything, it's the freedom and the quality of my life that's key. Don't get me wrong. I want the income too, but not at the expense of the quality of my life. So when you go from really owning your time to to just like you said, the accountability piece of it. It's like, huh, I don't know if this works for me anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. All right. So kind of the direction I want to talk to you in today, go go in this direction was, you know, when I was on your show just a few weeks ago, which was super fun. And for everybody listening, I will definitely link again to that episode. It was great. <laughs> um, but we talked a lot about, you know, changing directions and shifting gears in business. And so from the WordPress place, I guess I would say, you know, it's obviously WordPress isn't going anywhere. And that's great. But where do you see opportunities for people who maybe are getting into the space or are there and need a change? Hmm. You know, that's a, it's a great question. And I, I think right now it seems the marketplace seems saturated with people. Well, I'll call them implementers. And I don't mean that as a derogatory term, but uh, people that take themes or take plugins um, and create kind of the, you know, just basic low custom or lightly customized work for clients or websites for clients. Um, I don't see that space continuing to thrive. Uh, and I have no magic crystal ball, but, uh, you know, when I see things like Wix and Squarespace and even those, maybe those are like curse words for WordPress people. Uh, the reality is that those are really simple, low cost tools people can use to build websites. And if, and if people don't need, you know, these high level solutions, um, and all these kind of crazy integrations and, you know, like some of the stuff that we were doing at crowd favorite, um, then I'm not sure why they would, why they would frankly choose WordPress and the cost of hiring a developer when they can get, um, you know, a, a, a website for, um, for much less. That's it. But you didn't ask me what's not going to thrive. <laughs> well, I was just uh, throwing, throwing that out there as a thought, but I think we'll continue to see the product space really thrive. Um, and thinking beyond just themes and plugins, because uh, there's certainly a ton of that in the marketplace right now, but I think more, um, maybe tailored software as a solution or excuse me, software as a service solutions, mm -hmm. uh, like we've seen with, uh, you know, happy table who specialized in creating rest or sites specifically for restaurants. It's a completely custom WordPress experience. Um, and they're, you know, they're dialed in on a very specific vertical, uh, and providing a great experience for restaurants that need a website. Um, so I think maybe more, more of those sorts of things. Which I think for anybody listening to makes it, 
I, I don't know about you and just in working with clients and, you know, when you get really good at one space for, you know, it's a lot easier to work with people because you already know what's working in the restaurant space, whether it's lead generation or which restaurant menus or, you know, I mean, you really get dialed in at what, at what that market needs. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I think the vertical space is kind of an opportunity in marketing in general. Um, but so, you know, with that, you know, like the plugins, because you've done a little bit of that, right? I mean, you have done some paid themes and what are some challenges with that? You know, it's like I see a lot of people and there are so many themes out there now. And then, of course, the visual builders and stuff. You know, what are some challenges with with the so let's say just like the theme in the marketplace, the theme in the plugin marketplace? Well, my biggest challenge is just uh, is my my lack of marketing <laughs> capability. <laughs> Um, I, it's just the products I have are not in front of very many people because I do a really poor job at marketing them, um, which I think a lot of other people like me <laughs> suffer from. I'm a technical person. I'm not a marketing person and I'm learning about marketing as I go. But, you know, I think that would be my biggest struggle is just getting even exposure, uh, exposure for the products. I'm going to pull up a, a total random thing I remember seeing, um, in a Twitter conversation. And I love the way I love the way you handled it. So this is a kudos to you. Um, because I think where I have, um, I don't know where I see frustration in this space is just people's willingness to pay for things kind of. And, um, it was, I don't know if you're going to remember this. It was a specific conversation about Michael Hyatt's platform theme. Do you remember this? Uh, I remember some tweets, but I, I don't, I actually don't remember what you're about to read, which is frightening. Uh, well, I'm actually not reading it, so I get to paraphrase. Okay. So no worries okay. there, but it was something to the effect of, I think there were a couple other devs, um, who were kind of blasting him because it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't good code or it wasn't this or wasn't that. Mind you, he was selling the theme for 149 bucks or something and doing quite well with it. And, um, you know, his point was, well, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I mean, he's a, he's a really diplomatic, great guy. I mean, I don't know him personally, but, and you had pointed out and you, I think he was, you just said something like, Hey, you know, you DM'd him or said you could do this or that. It was, it was a positive, Hey, you could do this versus the ranting over how horrible it is and how bad it is. And all. my point is, is it's interesting because you can take somebody who's a great marketer and they can sell something that according to <laughs> purists is crap, but he's, you know, he's, Writing the crap all the way to the bank. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. <laughs> so just if you could, I don't know, what are your thoughts on sort of that idea? Because again, it's, you know, where I look at what the customer wants and sees versus maybe the back end side of it. And where do you decide where what's a profitable endeavor if you're building the site? Oh, so Sorry, is that like a loaded question? <laughs> it, well, you know what? I think it's, uh, we, it's and no matter what your forte is, it's possible to shoot yourself in the foot by looking for too much perfection. For me, this is what I do for, I mean, I, I, I'm a developer for a living, so I'm not going to, I can't release something to market that's, <laughs> that I don't feel confident in is a really high quality product. Uh, Michael Hyatt is not a developer for a living. He is a, uh, a marketer and someone who teaches other people to do what he's done. Um, and he does that exceptionally well. Um, just to use him as an example. So I think there's, oh, I don't want to say get over ourselves, but like lighten up a bit. Um, yeah. when it, co- and it's okay that not everything is 
amazing and a hundred percent and the best of the best of the best. I think when it comes to your own work product, yes, you make it the absolute best you can be, but I mean, you can't, you're not going to make too much money just sitting around criticizing uh, what other people, <laughs> what other people are doing, especially if they're meeting a need in the market. That's why I say like Wix and Squarespace, frankly, I think those products are really crappy for a number of reasons that I won't, you know, bore your listeners with. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day whether they're crappy. It matters whether or not they meet a need in the marketplace. And clearly they do. Um, so, yeah, I think we just got to let go a little bit. Yeah, you know, what's funny is I had logged into a, uh, a podcast client's Wix site. And I was like, how is this any, like, it made my head hurt just to log in to try to figure. I'm like, she's like, well, I'll just use SoundCloud. I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. Well, you know, it's funny. The analogy I was thinking of when you were saying that, I'm, I'm like, you know, there's room everywhere. We've got, you know, there's Hyundai's and, you know, there's Aston Martins. There, yep. There is a spectrum. Yep. And, and truly, there's space for everybody. So in, in terms of, uh, you know, running a profitable WordPress business, what do you, what do you think are some challenges in this space? Um, so this can kind of go back to what I was just saying of, of letting things go a little bit. The desire to make everything absolutely perfect, um, means that oftentimes products are not released to market as quickly as they should be. Uh, and that time is, I don't want to say time is wasted, but maybe time is not well spent, uh, continuing to develop and tweak that last little 1% of code instead of just getting it out the door and, uh, you know, spending that time on, on marketing. I know I, I dumped more development hours into, uh, one of my themes than I will ever see in sales. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you really don't want to do that. How much was I working for, for an hour? Oh, okay. That's right. That was 13 cents. Or something. Exactly. I was like, how could I, you know, man, I spent like $80,000 in, in development hours on this theme, but, uh, I, I can only charge so much for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing that I, I think you know, kind of moving in this, into what the next question with freelancers and stuff is there, there is this, you have to be able to say how many hours is this going to take and pricing the project. And it's like, I don't think I was ever good at that. And I am not a developer. I've got a team, but still going, Oh, this is just like, I, I don't want to think this hard <laughs> about something being profitable, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I'd rather have a more simple equation, which, you know, we talked a lot, like I said, about kind of changing directions. And, um, you know, one of the things that totally just an observation, but it seems to me that at some point, every freelancer gets to a point where they're like, I am done with a capital D, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I don't know, where do you think that disconnect happens for people? Uh, so as, as far as that disconnect, I think there are probably multiple, multiple sources for that. One is just kind of natural burnout you know, folks need variety. You can only do the same thing for so long. And then another thing is um, either like something is not ideal. So either you're not working with great clients uh, or you're not working with great people or there's there's some sort of, a, or, you're not, or you don't feel like you're making the money that you deserve or, or whatever. There's some kind of a rub uh, and that gets under your skin. And I, I think after a while, it just it explodes into, I don't ever want to talk to humans again. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that done. It was actually capital D, capital O, capital N, capital E. <laughs> like that's an all caps. I am finished. But you know, so when we were talking on your show last, you know, where, so tell me like what that looks like for you because you have, you know, gone from your own clients then you went to a large company's clients. And I don't know, like, do you think there is this, and this might be esoteric. So just roll with me. <laughs> Let's do it. But, but you know, like, there's a bigger, I don't know, like you start hitting this point besides needing variety. It's like, is this really all I'm supposed to do? Or isn't there like a, a bigger something I can contribute? Do you know what I mean? Like, did you hit that point? Uh, I think so. I don't know that I actually said it in those words. It was probably just the more immature. I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, it, so I do a lot of teaching and education around, uh, WordPress and how to use, do various WordPressy things. And for me, I think that's, and I've been focusing on that a lot more since I left crowd favorite and doing less and less client work. Um, and I, I enjoy that so much because it is sort of beyond myself. Um, if that makes sense, maybe yeah. I'm getting, maybe I'm getting esoteric <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, it's something that has impact beyond just like a one project or a, or a one-on-one coaching call or, or whatever. It's something that kind of lives in perpetuity and, or at least as long as the topic is relevant uh, and teaches others and helps other people uh, do better at what they do. And it's a lot more personally satisfying than, you know, launching yet another website. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this too, because you, now a lot of the teaching you do is through lynda.com, right? Uh huh. Okay. So, which I'll link every listening. I will link to all those. So what about launching a course through your own site? Um, uh, well today is, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> actually launched, uh, or last, last year I did a webinar series that I then packaged and launched as a, a course after the fact. So the webinar was live and then I turned it into a course. And as of today, I have repackaged it yet again, and it's now on the Envato uh, marketplace in their tutorials section. So I have now that as another outlet to uh, produce courses. I would love to. I've got my hands on uh, a WordPress plugin. It's called uh, uh, LearnDash, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to just create a course like on on my site. Uh, I, and I've got ideas for courses, you know, coming out the wazoo. I think <laughs> it's just the actual time it takes, um, uh, time it takes to, to write them and produce them. And oh my goodness, I've, I'm knee deep right now writing a couple of courses for Linda. So it's, it's the struggle is real, Kim. <laughs> well, you know what? Do you, do, do you do the editing of all the videos and stuff or does Linda uh, take care of editing? For Linda, they take care of the editing. I mean, they have got just top-notch uh, professionals and professional equipment and and all that good stuff. Uh, the courses would probably sound like doo-doo if I was responsible <laughs> for the editing. I don't uh, know the last thank- time I heard the word doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to keep your show a family show. I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. So like the one that's on, uh, on Envato now is self edited and it's the, the production quality is, I mean, there's definitely a huge difference. Well, 
you're kind of teasing us. So can you share like the Envato course and some of the courses you've done on Linda? So because I I do want to link to everything, but what are what are the topics? Oh, sure. I didn't mean to be a tease. Um, so the- <laughs> you are such a tease, Carrie. <laughs> I hear that all the oh, time. Oh, that's what all the guys say. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, over on Linda, I have a series. Um, it's called a WordPress and DIY. So WordPress, do it yourself. Um, and it's a series where like how to build a, a restaurant site, how to build a wedding site, how to build a small business site, how to build a portfolio or freelancing site. Um, and it's just sort of basic, like taking you, uh, assuming that you're not that you're a WordPress beginner um, and walking you through how to create those web, that sort of uh, niche website for yourself. Um, And then I have some that are a little more uh, technical, um, some that are diving into the Genesis framework. um, And then my most recent one, actually, I uh, can't believe I almost forgot it. It was uh, on WordPress.com, which is if you know if your listeners are familiar or not, but WordPress.org and WordPress.com are two different things. Uh, and WordPress.com uh, just did a huge kind of a makeover around the beginning of the year. And so uh, I recorded a new class for Linda that was kind of going through all those changes. So, uh, and then the Envato one is pure developer nerdery. It's, uh, <laughs> That's a tweetable developer nerdery. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. It's on basically a, a development workflow and the tools that you use and that sort of thing. Nice. And then, so I'm going to pull in the question you probably don't want, but in terms of marketing, obviously Linda takes care of that with Envato. Are you just linking from your site? Obviously we're sharing it here. <laughs> um, but you know, what, what do you, how are you getting that out there? Oh my gosh, Kim. So this is, I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Today I got the email that it's live in the, in their marketplace. I have no idea. Um, I'm assuming that, I mean, Envato as a company does, you know, a ton of great marketing. I don't, though, have any expectation of them marketing my course specifically. Um, but their technical courses in general, I'm sure they'll promote. And then as far as on my end, I, I haven't even figured that part out yet. So I told you I'm bad at marketing. Somebody well, else probably would have had a whole launch plan ready to go. No, I'll tell you what, like we talked about this on your show. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm great at telling people how to market and do I do it really well? No, um, you know, and it's funny because this kind of just brings up another random subject. And, and you know, when we were, I keep saying this when we were talking on your show, cause that was just a ton of fun, but you know, like with the social media landscape, there's so there's just so much and I don't know, maybe it's my age. I'm just getting to this point where it's like, ah, like I just feel like I need to go sit in the corner and rock or something. Get off my lawn. Well, but right. I mean, it's just like, there's so many different platforms or so. I mean, you could literally spend eight hours a day creating promotions for content for, for all of these different things. And it's funny because I mentioned him on your show, Ben Settle. And again, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I watched the way he markets and his emailing and he just did, I, I think I, I apologize if I didn't say this on your show, but he's pulling his podcast from iTunes and making it paid content. Oh yeah. You did mention that. That's, uh, uh, and I was curious to see how that played out for him. Well, it's, it's been interesting because, and, and this is something where, um, I, you know, there's times where I'm like, Oh, Ben's kind of a jerk, but I really like him. <laughs> and he's, he's not like, 
he's just he's a copywriter so he's good with with words obviously but it's um he called people out on it he got a lot of emails about it and i completely respect his decision to say cuz cuz his podcast he would literally do live copy email editing explaining how he would write the headline and he would give a head- it, it it's really good oh, content wow. yeah and so <clears throat> all these people you're shooting yourself in the foot and you know he's like well el benbo doesn't care <laughs> El Benbo. El Benbo, yeah. And then I'm watching this platform that he's launching to put it into a paid members area. And the email today was releasing the Kraken because it goes out (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) Right. So, so it's interesting. And I'm in terms of marketing, I just think they're, and this is, we're going back down the esoteric hole. So bear with me. Um, but there sort of is this, for the love of God, I got to do this my way, <laughs> which I know screams to me. Have you just ever felt like I don't want to be a part of that space or this works for me today? That works for me tomorrow. You know, like kind of more on that personal level. And I just, I guess I, it, it's sort of, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky road to navigate because you feel like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I, this is me. Maybe it's the recovering Catholic in me, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, geez, if I try to pay attention to how I'm supposed to do everything, I'm never going to get anything done. No, seriously. I think, I think you're right. And I, I I guess maybe it's, you know, what I end up doing is some sort of a a hybrid of, you know, learn what I can from other people are doing, but at the end of the day, you know, adapting it to, uh, to do what fits my time, what fits my social media skill set. Uh, you know, as, as my, as my dad would say, I'm just trying to live, trying to live. <laughs> so when it, <laughs> when it comes that. to, to doing, you know, things a certain way, it's like, I mean, I think certainly there's some tried and true tactics out there for marketing. Of course there are, and there's things that work and things that you should avoid, but you know, you, you take all of that and digest it and you do whatever you modify it to fit your style. Do you think, no, I, I, I'm just trying to live. I, that's like, I am going to put that as a tweetable. So tell your dad he's getting tweeted in the post. <laughs> and it's going to be at Carrie's dad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll send you his Twitter address. So there there sure. we go. Um, but you know, when you look at like the social media landscape and, and online marketing and it's, I don't know, it's this space, I think, you know, 10 plus years, maybe. And I just, I see this, and I don't know if you saw this. And here we go again, I may have shared this on your show. Um, but there was a photographer who took a bunch of pictures of families and people all socializing and hanging out. And then he went back and he took out all the devices from the photos. It's kind of depressing when you see people spending time, you know, and there's and the tablets and the phones and stuff. So he just went and removed just the devices. And you think, wow. And it's so I think with the social media space and there's, I love finding new tools. You know that, right? Like I'm a total geek about finding things online, but at some point it's like, okay, we just need to shut this shit down (laughs) because my brain can't handle it anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it's very easy. And, And so I think it's finding your voice in that space, you know, like content, you know, I look at WordPress and I look at, there's a handful of sites that do sort of aggregated WordPress content. And it's like, do we need another site like that? You know what I'm saying? And it's not to negate the value of, you know, WP Lyft or WP Cube, and there's some other ones out there, but it's just um, finding your own unique voice in that. And I don't know, have you felt a challenge with that? Oh, let that sigh be the answer. (laughs) (laughs) 
just kidding. Yeah, I mean, you I really do think like, my gosh, am I just recreating the wheel? And but you know, as as the wise King Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. So you know, sometimes I do feel like maybe uh, we we can get real esoteric on. I know. I, and, and can you tell where on. my brain has been? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Girl, this is fun. <laughs> oh no, but it's yeah, most definitely. I wonder if I'm. It's kind of like that fine line of you don't want to do something that's so out there that it it doesn't resonate with anybody. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't want to be just doing the exact same thing everybody else is doing because that's boring. So I don't know. It's a hard a hard balance to strike, and I, I can't say that I have struck it. Now, it, well, in, you know, and to your point that I think if it's something that is out there a lot, you know, when we talked a little bit about affiliate marketing and when I know people that do that for a living and they pick markets that might seem saturated but or, or crowded, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but it's because it's it's working. There's an audience. People are buying that, right? And so when you see, you know, I look at what WP Lyft and when he sold it, it sold for over like $200,000 and you think, huh, that's a good content. They put time. I think he posted every day, but I think the content piece, it's like, I, I, <laughs> I look back, I'll have to send you a link, but like my very first post on the WordPress chicken, I was like, did I hire a robot? Because I have no idea who wrote that. It's, it's <laughs> horrendous. It's like a paragraph. There's no images, no links, no nothing. Right. But obviously with practice, like Stephen Pressfield, you do the work, you show, you just create content. But I just think in this space, creating content, it's what's going to spin it is your voice, like, and what you bring to that. Yeah, I would agree. Speaking of your voice, let's talk a little bit about your podcast because it's evolved a little bit. And I would love to hear what your podcast has done for your business. Oh, I thought you were going to invite me to sing. <laughs> the platform, it's, it's all yours, girl. <laughs> Run with it. <laughs> I won't, I won't scare your listeners away. Uh, yeah. So the podcast is, is, has morphed into, uh, what started out as a technical show has, has morphed into more of a, it's an interview style show, uh, with people who are making their living with WordPress, uh, or there may be in some sort of an ancillary business that might help people who work with WordPress. Like I had an accountant on last week, for example, from my perspective, I think there's a real hunger in the, uh, that WordPress space for, uh, service providers and, and people creating products just to have basic business skills, uh, and, you know, learning how to, well, market, market, <laughs> marketing is a business skill. Clearly that's not one I'm bringing to the table. Um, but in terms of, of helping my business, I think, um, it, it, it's helped in some, I guess, intangible ways. Like for instance, I have no idea. I mean, I can look at stats for downloads and stuff, but, Ultimately, I have no idea what the impact was, but I feel pretty darn certain that it's helped, uh, you know, build um, name recognition and some trust uh, for my business. And it's, uh, you know, that feeds in again in you know, intangible ways in terms of traffic to my site or um, maybe purchasing products associated, you know, my courses or other stuff associated with me. Um, and then as far as directly like monetarily helping my business. Um, I started doing sponsorships and of course that's, uh, you know, that's money in the bank, so to speak. Um, and sponsorships have, have been fun because they've been, uh, with people or companies that I, I like and trust, uh, and feel good about 
recommending to my listeners. Uh, the struggle with that has been, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want uh, the inside nuggets, so run with it. Uh, the struggle there is just keeping a consistent stream um, of sponsors. Uh, like, you know, this week I've got empty spots on the show. And even when I don't have an official sponsor, I'll insert, you know, one of my products or something into Excellent. that sponsorship slot mm-hmm. just to keep people used to hearing sponsorship reads. But I, and, and part of that is my, or part of the reason I think I don't have those slots filled up. Uh, one, I don't charge like everybody else that podcast charges for, and you probably know this, Kim, but it's, I think it's what CCM or clicks per CPM clicks per million or impressions. Yeah. Uh, impre- yeah. And I'm like, um, yeah, my numbers aren't really that impressive. If we, <laughs> if you sponsored me based on that, you'd be giving me like 32 cents per episode or something. I did the uh, same thing with, cause I've got site lock coming up and I'm like, you can do a one month, two month, three month package. And I gave them a discount for each month they added, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing the downloads either. This is a targeted audience. Take it or leave it. <laughs> it is. And that's what, you know, that's what I, uh, I share with the folks that, uh, sponsor me or as part of my quote unquote sales pitch to sponsors is I'm a highly targeted audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a very trusted name and people know that I, I got an email actually earlier this week from a lady who says, uh, that she, she used one of my affiliate links, somebody I recommended and ended up having a poor customer service experience with that company. Um, and she said, please don't take it as a criticism, but I thought you would, I thought you would want to know. Uh, so I emailed her back and I said, thanks so much. I absolutely want to, absolutely want to know. Um, so I actually went back and updated some of the information in my review of them, uh, to include some of that information. And anyway, it's just the, the, the point being that, um, you know, a, a sponsorship read on my show is a, is a lot different from, you know, just a, a, a random untargeted ad in Facebook, say. Um, I think it, it's got a bigger chance of, of hitting a home run with the listener. Well, yeah. And I think with your audience too, you're not doing, you know, sleep train spots. So. <laughs> 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 I couldn't resist. But, and, and I have to say too, I wasn't snarky with Sightlock, but I was like, I, I do know my audience. And I thought, you know, I, I only talk about products I've used or tested or played with or whatever. And, um, but Another question with the, the podcast and what it's done for your business, because like we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, who knows? We could, but it was like creating, you know, cr- creating relationships and the friendships that have come out of the podcast has probably been, I, you know, and this is me being Pollyanna for a minute, but let's run with it. And it's been my favorite part, like just the relationships and connections that have grown from it. Um, I don't know. What are your experiences with that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, I've met so many people. And I mean, of course, a lot of my guests are people that I've either met or heard about. So I invite them on the show. Uh, but for ones like I, I've scored some amazing interviews in, in my opinion or amazing, gotten some amazing folks. I don't know how I convinced them to come on the show, but it's like, oh my gosh, you're like this famous person. And I just got an hour to, to have a great conversation with you. And now I feel like I could just deposit an email in your box or, send mm-hmm. you a little howdy tweet and I'm not a stranger. So definitely. And I've, I've also heard from some of, um, some of my listeners that like after having a guest on, uh, that they were able to connect with that guest and either do business or make a referral or, or whatnot. So 
you know, in addition to relationships for me, it's, it's creating relationship opportunities and connections for listeners, which that's pretty freaking awesome. It totally is. I had a great call with Jackie after being on your show and, um, and it was just, it, it's really fun. And I think it's one of those things like personally, you know, if you're going to be creating content anyways, I think podcasting is people can take you wherever. Clearly, I'm not impartial to my opinion of podcasts. Um, but I think one of the most things, one of the things that's most fun for me too is just you can, I, I sort of feel like I'm cheating. Like I get an hour to like pick your brain. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like, seriously, like people pay a lot of money for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, wow, what do I want to know? So how would I approach, what do I want to know from this person? Um, but it's really just getting those insights. And then the other thing that I think is fun is, is finding those people that maybe aren't the big names also, right? Because I think, I, I know for me personally, it's, you know, it's like there's there's these big bloggers and these big content marketers. And it's like, okay, you know, to score those. And it's funny because, and I don't want to do names or anything, but you see them and then every time their friends have launches, they're all promoting it and stuff. And I'm like, all great. But there are just so many people doing amazing things on the planet. And that's where I get like that little inspector gadget mode. And I like finding fun things and, and, and things online that maybe somebody hasn't heard of. Or um, I just, I think there's a ton of opportunity. And I really think the podcasting is just, just going to keep growing. <laughs> yep. That, I, uh, yeah. Not that I, that's earth shattering news to anybody. But. No, well, you know, not everybody. I don't know that everybody is like they say you get a voice for radio, which is, I think, meant to be an insult on for ugly people. But <laughs> not everybody is right for podcasting. Uh, but for people that don't mind giving it a go, I think it's such a it's a neat way to meet other people and also just kind of a cool way to. Oh, this is back on the esoteric realm, but get to know yourself a little bit, um, and stretch your boundaries and, and try stuff. Oh, it's fun. That was actually why I started it. I hit a wall where I don't know if you've ever seen my manifesto, but I was like, that is it. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I didn't live by that rule. I try to every day, but that was why I started the podcast. I'm like, I got to do something that brings my personality in a little more. And so here we are. Um, but let's, I want to talk a little bit about, I, I just, I, I should look up another word for esoteric, but we're going to just keep playing with it. So, um, let, let me do some dictionary.com on this. <laughs> with thesaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. You've been online. What, when did you first start your business? When did you bring it online? What year? Uh, 97. Okay. So I'm an old fart. I'm all, so <laughs> just kidding. But I mean, there's, so a lot has changed, obviously, since 97. But what do you think, you know, in terms of, you know, business and, you know, landscape, let's say like the last 10 years, what do you think, uh, you know, some of the biggest changes have been? And and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you think some business opportunities, not WordPress specific, maybe are? Oh, man. Sorry, uh, that was kind of loaded. Changes are probably just the availability of information. Um, like in the early days of the web, not everybody had web, you know, inter the internet at home or, you know, not for goodness sake, not everybody even had a PC at home um, or Mac for those <laughs> Apple people. Um, so I, I think now that, I mean, access is, is pretty ubiquitous in most parts of the world. Um, so that's, I mean, you're dealing with more educated customers. You're, you're dealing with, you know, yeah, people that can educate themselves before they ever knock on your door with the business need. Um, yeah, that's huge. And then in terms of, man, where are we going? I'm really bad at this kind of stuff at the, uh, 
at the um, <laughs> the guessing game, the, the, the guessing <laughs> game. But you know, I think things will probably you know continue to come ever more. Um, what's the word? Not synced isn't the word. Uh, inter, you know, like your integrated, phone, integrated, integrated. Yes. Okay. So like, uh, you know, using <laughs> last night. <laughs> The story has a terrible start to it, but I was, last night I was laying in his, or in bed with my husband, uh, and he got his phone and he was like, "I just started my car. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned off my car, and like he, you know, he's like a kid with a remote control, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a silly example, but um, you know, information. I think that like right now it's really cool that you can, uh, you know. Apple devices, your information all syncs and shares pretty uh, seamlessly, at least in theory. Um, and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think moving forward, uh, that that'll just be the norm that, uh, you know, information is everywhere. So I don't know in terms of predictions of, of business. I imagine that things uh, like security and information security are going to uh, be pretty popular as people want to protect, uh, protect themselves. And, oh. Yeah, because in a way, I would think as we integrate more and more and more, there's a greater and greater risk of security breaches and 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 whatnot in that space. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that. This still blows me away. Yesterday, I was offline. I went to spend the day with a mentor, and I'm driving home, and it's like three hours away. And and I'm on my phone Skyping with my friend in Scotland. And I'm like, this is freaking hysterical to me. Like, it, I don't want to know what the data charges. I mean, just we have a shared data family plan. We go over every month, whatever it is, what it is right now. But it, but it just, it's a trip to me that literally we can have this. And I know we could have a phone call, right? But the fact is, it's this free call for an hour if I want, or, you know, so those little things, I'm a little kid. I love them. <laughs> Seriously. You know, one of the things that I, I've struggled with at times is, you know, sort of that work life balance and, what I mean from that though is it's like, I don't know. I am my business. I am my brand. And so it's like, it's tricky when you work for yourself because you don't, okay, shut the computer off and now it's done and you go about your personal life. You know, in a way it's, I'm like, I am my business. My business, it, it's just kind of my life at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, do you have any, I don't know. How do you manage that? Oh, you know, <sighs> it's. <laughs> We're going to have to leave that one in because if anybody like, for Jesus Christ, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Crap, I forgot the question. How do you, you know, the work-life balance? Oh, yeah, yeah, work-life balance. Um, So I haven't really always been uh, lovely at that either. Jennifer Bourne, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jennifer or not, but she she recently did a talk at WordCamp San Diego. uh, And I'll I'll send you a link because I think it's up on WordPress TV but she talked about work-life balance and it was excellent. Uh, for me, I've, I've learned, um, I've tried to get better at actually taking days off, which sounds ridiculous. Uh, but like have, you know, either Saturday or Sunday, not check email, not open the computer, not even do, I mean, like maybe check Facebook or something on my phone, but just stay offline. Um, cause I, I used to not, do that. And it was just, I mean, it's easy just to keep, keep working, especially mm-hmm. when your work is your hobby and you enjoy what you do. It's not to say yeah. I was always enjoying it when I was working on the weekends, but, uh, it's easy to do that. And then, um, you know, the other thing is just get out the house. <laughs> oh my Lord. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Now my, oh. I realize that's why my pants don't fit. <laughs> this is why I wear my elastic. <laughs> well, but you know what? That it's, I, I did the same thing because it was like, I used to look at the weekends like, okay, now I can do my stuff, like my content. And it's like, the hell? Or, you know, I invest in courses or, you know, like, as I've gotten older, I've definitely appreciated uh, meditation. And it's like always this like luxury. And mind you, 15 minutes is like huge for me, but it keeps me grounded. And so it's like, really, Kim, like you can't start your day with 15 minutes for yourself or go to the gym. And it's, it's very easy. And I think it is probably a cycle we see uh, one of my last episodes, I did um, kind of my own predictions of the WordPress business space and and how I said a lot of freelancers start shifting, right? And I think it's that innate, uh, you know, we're wired to learn, right? And so I think mm-hmm. it is that innate learning something new. And there was a great comment um, by someone and he said, I think that it's it's cyclical in that new freelancers come in and they and they fill that space and the people who've been in it for a while move on and do something new with the skills and the and the experience that they've gained, um, you know. And so you do get to that point. I think as you're getting started and, and growing your business, it's like oh work 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 work. Like, can you see under my name on Skype it says retiring the hustle. <laughs> Awesome. I was gonna. I seriously might do this, but I'm either gonna make T-shirts that say "Retiring the Hustle" or "F the Hustle," um, and just I say. Like it. And I'm gonna. It says, you know, enjoy the journey. Like I am so tired of this. Like, you know, do more. Be ugh. like. Not everybody was built to be Gary Vaynerchuk. It's just not the way we roll. Um, you know, and so I think that in this space, you kind of grow into that. Like trying to, you realize I'm gonna die if I don't create some balance, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you. you standing up like one thing we talked about or just my wrists my elbows it's like you just get to this point so um yeah that'd be great i'd love the link to jennifer i've had her on the show that would that'd be a good uh new show to have a follow up with her um so where where are you taking your business now you've you know gone through a lot you, you're doing a lot do you like plan out the next year or do you say hey this is where i'm at today and what i'm working on um i kind of you know i like to set at the beginning of the year some sort of loose goals and bucket list, if you will. Um, and then of course assess and, and reevaluate throughout the year. Cause I, you know, part of the beauty of working for yourself is the, you know, the ability to flex to new opportunities when they come. Um, and cause you might, you know, you don't know everything that's going to come up in a year, but, uh, writing an ebook is on my, on my bucket list for 2016, uh, I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but it'll probably be on, uh, around the topic of freelancing, um, and WordPress and, uh, otherwise continue creating courses. Uh, you know, I mentioned the, uh, the feel goods about the courses cause I, you know, I get to help other people out and, uh, and that sort of stuff. But the other great thing about the courses, uh, if we can talk Turkey is they generate recurring revenue. Yes. Talk uh, Turkey, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, and was another focus of mine in 2016 was to, uh, and really started back in 2015, but to, um, nurture, I kind of hate that word. I don't know, but to, <laughs> to make a pointed effort to invest in things that were not necessarily big money makers in the short haul, but would generate recurring revenue, um, over the, over the coming years. Cause like you said, I want to retire the hustle. And I, I mean, I don't know that I'm ever going to, you know, live on a beach, you know, with the, the millions rolling in and other people doing my work for me. But, uh, if, if I could at least get to a point where I can replace 
a, a significant chunk of my income with recurring revenue, uh, that would be wonderful. It give me even more flexibility to say yes or no to you know whatever comes down the pipe. Well, I think it's too, yeah. It's it's like, do I want the million shirt? Do I want to work for the millions? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> you know? I, I know the answer to that, and it's no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and and that piece of it, the recurring revenue, I think it's great, and it's just it finding whatever that is that works for you. Um, yeah, and you'll have to let us know about the ebook, obviously. I would love to support that. And we're going to link to all your stuff. I have a last sort of random esoteric question for you. Bring it. I'm going to put the definition of esoteric in the post. Um, so if, if you could go back to 10 years ago, any advice you'd dispel to yourself? Oh, man. Let's see. What was I doing 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, or five, whichever grabs you. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be to probably to have more confidence in what it is that I bring to the table for my customers um, and to in, invest the time to learn to communicate better uh, so that I would have that confidence. I think there's, you know, I can, I can point back to numerous conversations. I might've even had some of these conversations last year uh, where it's just, you know, you don't quite trust yourself enough or you undersell yourself or you under you know, you don't charge, uh, truly what you're worth. Cause you don't really quite believe that somebody will pay you or, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting onto the rambling now, but I think just that, that confidence piece. And especially when it comes to, uh, communicating, uh, communicating with clients and, and talking about money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, um, it's a hard road to navigate when you're getting started. And then, Gosh, I remember it was so eye-opening to me, and it was Danielle Laporte who just said it costs what it costs. You know, it's like price. I and I, I had had coaching clients who would price things based on the customer's ability to afford it, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's like I can't afford, you know, Alexis, but I'll give you a hundred bucks for it, right? <laughs> like it's I, that's my favorite thing to do, and maybe I just need to write a book, like just being funny, but of you take the practices that we do online and if you apply them to real life scenarios, they seem asinine. They just seem asinine. I started working on this post on uh, another site that I'm going to just under my name, just because I'm like, I need to write about what I want to write about. I was talking about hacks. Everything today is a life hack, a growth hack. Everything is hacking, right? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, geez. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, life is not to be hacked through. Like, cause there are certain things that you, like the confidence piece, you can't hack it. You got to go through it. Like, if you could, we'd all, we'd all do it, right? So I started, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this is really funny, but <laughs> I started applying it to life. And I was like, let's take children. Like, would you say, you know, what was it? Uh, hacking your way from crawling to walking in three steps. It's like, no, <laughs> you let a kid learn to walk in whatever time it takes them to walk. Or, you know, like, what was the other one? See, this is what happens when I write late at night was something like, um, you know, um, how to, <laughs> how to hack your, hack your coloring using only five colors in the box while creating more art in less time. You know, it's like, <laughs> They're, they're, how to hack hacks. How to hack hacks. It becomes asinine. I'm like, what happened to learning and just, and doing and, and being there with part of the process, you know? So I think it, it's great where you say, you know, the confidence and stuff. It's like the only way to get through it though, really. I, I mean, I'm sure somebody has a hack. Um, but is to go through it 
is to get to the side of it. And at some point, you hit a wall, I think, as a business owner, or you hit it for me. Like, I tend to get like, screw this. I am never doing that because I don't set boundaries. And it's like, I remember responding to clients at night and on the emails and I mean, the weekends and stuff. And then you hit a point and you go, no, no. I'll talk to you Monday and, and very kindly. And, and what happens is when you have boundaries, you start lining up. This is esoteric, but the right people who get that and, and run their lives that way, yep. it, it starts working. So, yep. There's a, a wonderful book. It's, it's actually called Boundaries, uh, by Henry Cloud that I, I read years ago, but it, it, it taught me so much about, you know, it is okay to say no. It is okay to, uh, you, you know, just have some kind of little borderlines around, around your life. And when you set those, all of a sudden people, they respect them. Or if they don't respect them, it doesn't matter because they ain't getting in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't care because you're, you're firm in your boundaries. Yes. It's healthy. It is just plain healthy and it's, it's good for you. And, and like you said, I think it, it, it tends to attract, uh, other people who are of the same mind. I just, last thing I spent uh, yesterday with this mentor and I was talking to her about just some kind of life stuff, obviously. And, and there were two things that really struck a nerve with me in relation to this. And one of them was, you know, that people respond to you based on how you serve the ball, right? So, I mean, if you think about it, if you're going to throw the ball softly, eh, you know, it's going to be caught that way. But if it, dumb, dumb analogy, but you know, it's like people respond based on what you're putting out there and God, she had quoted and I, I'm not even going to try if it was a Lakota chief or something, but it was really looking at, um, the statement was not something like not every, Oh God, not every need is a request to my call to action or something like that. So just Ah. because, right. So because somebody has a need or request of you doesn't mean, and he would take three days to, contemplate before saying yes to any opportunity. And I literally today, Carrie, put on my computer, I printed it out and says, I make conscious choices because I'm, I am like the, yeah, let's do it. And I get all excited. I'm like this freaking little puppy. And next thing you know, I'm like, damn it. I don't want to do this. I don't have the time for this. You know, anyway. That that's awesome. That's a great quote. Um, and, you know, somebody, I, goodness, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. And it's probably doesn't even sound all that unique that it has to be from one person. But to the effect of if you're, let's see, how did, how does it go? Basically, you have to say no a lot so that you have space to say yes when something comes along that you want to say yes to. Because uh, you can't say yes to everything. No, <laughs> saying a whole lot of no's, you know, giving the 90% no's gives you that little window to say yes to, uh, to much better things. I think the same thing. I mean, it applies to clients and projects, um, life, <laughs> friends, yeah, yeah. life, you know, you know, how many, how many lunch dates do you accept or, uh, you know, before you're gone out of the office every day and not getting work done because you're going to lunch with all your friends who think you don't do work because you work at home and, <laughs> Yeah. And I think even I know for myself, I'm a pretty social person. At the same time, I need a lot of alone time. I know I do because the way my brain works and I'm always reading like five books. And so I need to to say shh to the world sometimes. Like just yes. it's all good. Kim needs a timeout. <laughs> if Kim doesn't get a timeout, world, you're going to be sorry. So step back. Oh, my God. 
God. I could talk to you all day. Carrie, thank you so much for being here. Where, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Oh, uh, so I hang out on Twitter quite a bit. I'm at C Dills, C D I L S, just went out, um, or over at CarrieDills.com. That's where I blog and, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Carrie, thank you so much. I just, I adore you and I love talking with you. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Kim. It's always a pleasure to talk talk with you.